Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to share their truth and unpack their hurt. This space was created for black men to feel empowered and know it's okay that they can cry too. Support for Black Men Cry Too comes from NYC's Heritage of Pride. Thank you so much, NYC Pride, for selecting us for your give back so we can encourage Black men to know that it's okay, that they can cry too. Another dope sponsor we have for this season of Black Men Cry Too is Black-owned Scotch Porter. Fellas, if you want the best products for grooming and wellness, head over to blackmencrytoo.com and follow the affiliate link for special inventory and special discounts. Let's not forget our special partner for this season, Happy Cork, where you can not only get the best wine and spirits, but you can get the best Black-owned wine and spirits with this Black-owned wine and spirits store in the heart of Brooklyn. Head over to happy-cork.com and let them know Black Men Cry Too sent you. On this special <laughs> episode of Black Men Cry Too, I am sitting down with Avante today. Yes. Hello. Hello. I'm here. Thank um, you for sitting with me. Let's kick this off. I appreciate you. I want to see how you handle this. Go ahead. Say some words. Let's get the show going. Oh, okay. We're good. I told you. You know who you're dealing with? <laughs> well, to kick it off, mm-hmm. I want to ask about your physical health. Off the back. Yeah. We're going right into it. Um, your physical health today. Today, I think, and this might be crazy because I don't think I'm in the best shape I could be in, but I'm in the best shape of my life. Like, if you know me, you know, I've been in the 300s plus. Like, today I feel good. Uh, I move better, just active outside. And just, you know, overall, I just feel good. I could buy regular size clothing. So that's great. Everything is normal priced. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do, I, like I said, I'm the, in the best shape I feel like I've ever been today. And do you feel like being in the best shape of your life also helps your mental health? Yeah, yeah, because then you start to, like just based on experience when you're not in the best physical shape or just, or just best health, that's on the back of your mind all the time because you start to look up things. Um, you start to Google, you know, why do I feel like this? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And then you start to worry about that. So you can't worry about that and try to live a normal, straightforward life and just think straightforward. So, yeah, that definitely does uh, mess with your mental health. I, when I was going through, like, some real health issues, I was panicking. Like, I was always, I was on, what's that, uh, WebMD. Oh gosh, that uh, WebMD about to die like tomorrow. Web, yeah, WebMD. According to them, I had like thirty seconds to live from the minute I googled that question. Um, but it was it was a lot. It definitely is a lot because also you start thinking about people who have the same type of problems as you, mm. and you see what they go through. Um, and you're like, do I do I end up like them or do I try to make it better? But sometimes it's too late to make it better, and you end up in situations where you're forced to make it better. And what was your situation? Did you make the decision for yourself or did life make the decision for you that something has to change? Life definitely. uh, And I I talk about it, but I don't really talk about it because when I think about it, it's like I got past it. But it was like um, traumatic, real traumatic because I'll get to why the traumatic part. But I was um, I was in a diabetic coma for like six hours Mm -hmm. in 2015. Um, I was what, 23, 22. 
So at 22, I'm here laying in a coma for six hours. 22. Yeah. When you think back at it, 22, we were baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it now. I'm like, damn, like, imagine life being over at that point, though. Like, it's all the stuff that happened in the last six years. I'm thinking about it as we speak. Like, that couldn't have happened. Like, almost didn't happen. So I was, uh, it was like, I was, te- I was working in a school. And I remember it being, like, the first week of school because I had, like, first graders. I hate little kids. Um. <laughs> Only because, like, it's you can't really, it's, you just got to watch them and maintain them. There's yeah. no relation. There's nothing to talk about. Just, they're just there. You're just really their supervisor, right? So with that, I was I was working in the school, and I would find myself, like, running to the bathroom every five seconds. And I'm thinking maybe because I drink a lot of water, which is true. Then I'm like, I know it's the first week, but why am I so tired at work? Like, I'm tired, tired. But then that stops happening. This is September. Two weeks later, it happens again. And I'm just like, all right, something's definitely going on, right? So I start Googling what happens when your mouth is this and what happens when you are, you know, going to the bathroom frequently. And then it starts to bring up, like, diabetes, like, diagnoses. And from what my knowledge, from my doctor visits, I was good. You know, I was, I was pretty good. So Can I interject? Yeah. How frequently were you going to the doctor? Um, I was making my... Annuals. annuals yeah i was making my annuals because like my parents were on it even getting into adulthood like they would always say like at least go to i don't know if it was twice a year but they would always say at least go to one to make sure you're good and i would go and you know my doctor would tell me things but it wasn't nothing really severe it would just be like you know drop a couple pounds or stop eating this you got a lower cholesterol a bit which is i guess serious but like it wasn't yeah, nothing like, like quite that had me like um i gotta make super drastic changes i can do it in moderation i can be good but now we're october I got the tattoo here actually on my wrist. That's like October seventh, twenty fifteen, and I'm waking up to go to work, normal day. But when I wake up, I can't see the ground. Like I can't look down. I could look down, but I can't see shit. Like, and I'm thinking, all right, my room is dark. <laughs> Turn my light on. That makes it worse. So I sit back on my bed, and now I'm dizzy, 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 dizzy. Room is spinning like at uncontrollable speeds. I'm 22, so I'm living with my mom's, my grandmother, rest in peace to the both of them, right? Um, my mom comes in like, yo, why are you not getting ready for work? And I'm like, I, I can't even speak, so like, I'm just, so 911 gets called, ambulance comes. I remember them, the last thing I remember from that day is the- So you couldn't answer your mom when she asked you? No, I was, I was trying to like say something, but my speech was slurred. Like, it wasn't making sense, whatever I was saying. She was like, whatever I was trying to say to her- Just wasn't coming didn't out. Didn't come out. And I remember going into the ambulance, I walked down the steps on my own. They once put me in a stretcher, but I was trying to fight that confusion and that lethargicness. Like I was trying to get past it on my own. Like no, I'm good. Yeah, like, like yeah, I'm good. No, I feel like no, I'm the strongest I can person in the world. Talk I can get myself past through that. this. Yeah. So I'm walking down the stairs. I get in the ambulance, and I remember the paramedic saying to my dad, "Don't let him go to sleep." But he's saying that because I'm drifting, but I can't fight it. Like I'm literally slipping out of consciousness, and I'm just I can't fight that. At that point, I walked down the stairs. I did everything myself. But when I sat down, I was out. This was like 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I woke up, it was 5 p.m. I don't even know. I had a million tubes connected to me. My family was there, so I know I wasn't dead. Um, but also, I could have been dead, but in hell. Um, <laughs> they were all there. But they were all there. The doctor asked him to leave immediately when I woke up and told me that he doesn't know how I made it up, like how, how I made it alive at that day. Mm-hmm. Like, my sugar levels were so high, I should have died on, like, before I even got to the hospital. Yeah. Right? So, I look at that, and I, I tell my brothers, 
especially my brothers and my sisters, watch what you do with yourself because I was 22, probably just partying, drinking, eating, whatever. Um, end up with a type 1 uh, diabetes diagnosis. But at that moment, though, I spent 13 days in the hospital. Um, so they kept you for two weeks? Yeah, connected. I, I didn't eat maybe for like the first six days mm. because my sugar level, a normal sugar level, and this is me probably saying this, I'm saying this out of confidence because I'm good now. Uh, I feel like I'm in the right path with my health. A normal sugar level is between 80 and 120 MGL. When I went to the hospital, I was at 1,077. So when I say I should have been dead, I should have been dead. I was 10 times what is considered normal. Don't ask me how. I can't even tell you what I did that week. But I do know as I woke up and I'm here. You feel me? So I don't, I always, I always stress it. Like when people see me, you may be drinking water a lot or seltzers and why you don't, you got to give up a lot of stuff in your life yeah. when you realize how much it affects you. So I have to change a great portion of my lifestyle, but it works out because again, memory is better now. Uh, everything is great. Everything is copacetic. And you like glow now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's who, yeah. Skin, skin is all. <laughs> Skin's on fleek. I'm not going to lie. Skin is skin. Skin is skinning. You feel me? But that's, that also comes with it. Like whatever you put in your inside definitely will Showcase reproduce on the outside. On the outside. But that experience, um, I remember telling my dad, like, this is the last time I'm going to the hospital. First and last. I've never been to the hospital. I never broke any bones. I've never been there for any type of, I never had to stay in the hospital ever in my life. Mm-hmm. That. And you had to stay for two weeks. And the, the crazy part about me staying there for two weeks is that my phone broke on the way to the hospital. So nobody knew where I was for four days. So my friends, I always think about what they probably thought. And then when they found out I was in the hospital, like, like I got a lot of close friends, like people I consider blood, they're not even blood. So I can imagine what they were like going through or couldn't reach me. They could probably reached my family that they knew, but it's like, they're not really telling them nothing's going on. Yeah. But coming out that hospital though, I remember, unfortunately my school job didn't take me back because of just a liability and just a whole bunch of stuff going on. They want to make sure I was in a place where if something happened to me, I can get to the right places. But that right there, that was one of those things where I'm like, if, if anything life taught me is that this shit can go in an instant. And from that day on, I vowed that I would do everything in my power to live life the way I want to. Like every single thing, like job wise, you know, entertainment wise, friends, family. That's why when people tell me like, you know, they don't rock with me. It's all good, bro. Cause I know what it's like to exit for a bit. Yeah. You know, there's an exit somewhere. Like there are, people talk about the white light. I feel like, you know, I got my experiences, but it was, it was uh, six years ago this year couple of weeks actually next week next week two weeks it's gonna be six years and i think that if i'm still here to tell a story i'm going to a good bath we good six years later i'm curious to think about what your mental state was directly after like there's usually a pivot point before you get to the part of i'm here for a reason mm-hmm. and i'm going to ensure that i live my life to figure out what that reason is but usually when something traumatic happens with our health, mm-hmm. where it's to the point of a doctor telling us you weren't supposed to make it yeah. and they can't even explain why you did make it. Mm-hmm. And it happens to a lot of us at a young age where you have that life altering experience. Mm-hmm. What was your first initial like thought reaction before you got to a place? Like, how did you get to the place of, OK, I'm here for a reason. Let me start living and figuring it out. I will say this. 
I didn't come outside the whole October. When I got home, well, when I got home, it was probably like a week or two left in October, but I stayed inside. November, I kind of stayed inside. It was weird, too, because Halloween's coming up, yeah. Thanksgiving's coming up, all the holidays, and I'm like, well, what can I eat? What can I drink? What can I indulge in that's not going to kill me? Because now I know that this can ruin me, right? What can I do? So it was hard to, like, adjust. It's hard to tell your friends that you can't do certain things because of this. And at 22... That's the time when you're doing all of it. Like, uh, I'm an adult, but I'm a kid. Like, I only had a couple of years in adulthood at that point. So for me, it's like, I was I was shook. I was scared because I'm like, what's the future going to hold? Like, what what is living with this going to be like? But then you do your research, you know, you start to talk to people that experience these things. That's what I did a lot. I used to, like, not find people, but I knew people that are, like, you know, diabetic and stuff. So I would talk to them um, as comfortable as they were talking about it, you know, and I would be like, Give me some tips. Give me some pointers. Like, I've seen you. You're, you're doing your thing. You know, what can I do to be like that? And they would tell me. And, of course, like, a lot of my favorite things I would have to, like, that's another thing. When you when you got to cut out your favorite stuff, like cakes and, you know, I don't want a soda drinker, but a Sprite would go a long way for me. You know, like, when you can't really indulge in that kind of stuff at 22, like at 28. Yeah. I'm older. I'm pushing 30. I can understand, okay, my yeah. body needs certain nourishment. It doesn't need this. Like, I things. can cut back on this. I can, yeah, I can cut back on it. But at 22. It's like, this when is the time I can, I'm supposed to indulge in all of it. this is the time where I got my own money. I can go and buy it as, as much right. as I want. And I don't got to wait till my family has, like, it's hard to deal with. Um, And especially, like, when you don't know, like, you come out the hospital, but you don't know if you're ever going to go back in. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Like, everybody can Have say. Have you gone back in since? No. No, I've been, every doctor visit, thank you, thank you. Shout out to my doctor, Dr. Smith. Um, He keep me on point. He um is from, like, the Virgin Islands. And. He's he's one of those guys where if you know like Caribbean folks, they're if they if especially when they're doctors, they're on it. Like they're not playing around with you. They check in, they text you, and I'm like, you don't have to, I'm on vacation, doc. You don't got <laughs> make sure you don't eat certain things, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm I like, know you're nah. on vacation, but just remember, don't um, go too crazy. I remember when I first got diagnosed, they had me taking insulin um shots three times a day. Three times a day. Yeah, because it was bad. Plus uh the How met- long did you have to do it for three times a day? I'm gonna tell you right now, plus the metamorphin pills. Because, like, I also had to bring my sugar down after meals. Um, that lasted maybe, like, October to, like, January. See, my dad, shout out to my dad, and shout out to all his guys who know about the roots and the herbs and all that. I started doing more holistic ways to keep my sugar levels down, not knowing that it would actually help me in the long run. I just knew that when I read the, had those readings, my sugar was good. I felt good. It wasn't until I went to the doctor after maybe six months of not taking insulin and they told me that I was doing good, that I realized that there's ways to yeah. reverse all this stuff in life. But doctors will never tell you because they got to make their money. Right. right. So, and I'm not advising anybody to not take the insulin if you're a diabetic or not take your pills. Definitely do what works for you. I found out what works for me. And so far, so good. I'm six years in, I haven't taken insulin since January 2016. Should I be saying that? <laughs> I don't know, but I haven't. Um, and it's do your worked. doctors know at least? They, my doctors know I don't, and okay. they, but they also see like I remember checking my A one C level when it was a great number, and my doctor was like, "What do you do? You not eat anything?" I'm like, "No, trust me." I'm, <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm not the smallest guy. I still eat, but I do know that there's more to life. So I gotta just every time I do something, I gotta keep that in my mind, so I won't end up back in that position. Because trust me. Ladies and gents, being hooked to tubes here, tubes here, tubes here, getting fed by IVs, not being able to eat, 
when you're 300 plus pounds and you can't eat for six days, that's like, <laughs> that's torture. I was laying in that bed. Even if you're not, that's torture. Yeah, I, I can't get I, through one I, day without eating. And I can, the next I saw day, I'll the, everything. I saw everybody pushing the carts by for the meals for everybody else. My neighbor in my room had meals and I couldn't oh. eat. I'm over here getting liquids fed up into me because I couldn't. They were scared to give me anything or attempt to give me anything. Like, I remember they gave me an orange and my sugar level spiked up. And they were like, oh, no oranges. <laughs> then they gave me bread. And it kind of, like, was cool. They gave me yogurt. It was cool. I got eggs. It was cool. And it was a slow transition. Yeah. And then they gave, me, they gave me some other type of fruit. Maybe it was, like, pear to the moon. So they're like, all right, this is what you stay from. Shout out to the pears. But for me, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Only for Rick Rock. Yeah. So, but. They tell you, and then I speak to like endocrinologists and like just health specialists while I was there. Like I wanted to learn while I was there. Once I was able to like feel myself again, the first couple of days in the hospital, I asked a lot of questions. Because also at 22, 23, we're like, we, 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 we wonder, you know, and I, I just, I was there a lot by myself during the days because my family got to work, everybody got to work. So I was just there reading stuff. I finally got my phone back, I was just researching stuff, whatever they told me. And... Again, it's hard. It's a hard process because as black people, we have more access to the bad than the good. Mm-hmm. And just last night, or whenever this airs, I'll say this, this took place in uh, September. I filmed, and me and my boys were walking, and we seen a Taco Bell, the cantina, and I'm like, I don't even eat Taco Bell. What would I even eat from there, right? Went to Taco Bell. <laughs> Got a Baja Blast drink. That shit was slap. But, oh, yeah, like, but I know that after that, though, I'm not drinking a Baja Blast for a couple of, you know what I mean, for a minute. For years. Yeah, like yeah, so years. Like, but it's all about moderation. As you get older, you have to realize that, you know, if you want to see the ages of your parents, the old folks that walk these streets, the mm-hmm. 70s, the 80s, I want to see at least 90. You don't got to give me 100. You don't, you don't got to give me 95. I want to see 90 because I want to be able to tell people my age at that time what it was like, you know, me and you sitting here on the couch and things would be different by then. I want to be that old guy. To be like, hey, back in my day, we had... I already you know, feel like I'm that old person. I'm not Kat, even that old. here for Black Men Cry too, and it's like, but I want to be able to get there, but on my own. I don't want to have to be like one of these rich white people that get heart transplants and all these replacements. I want to keep my organs. I like my organs. I'm not an organ donor anymore. I I was before I went to the hospital, and when I got to the hospital, my doctor recommended me changing it. Was, be- because, was there a specific reason? Yeah, he said that. He said, hey, you're young, and God forbid something happens to you, it would have been 30 seconds before they cut you open and took everything that you had. Wow. Because the only thing that was really going was my pancreas. It was, everything else was pretty much, and the kidneys was a little bit, they're good now. Everything is perfect now. Not perfect, but great now. Mm-hmm. But everything else, like my lungs, my heart, everything was good at the time. Even my heart, like I thought I had a heart problem at one point. And that becomes the whole, your condition maybe gets to your head. Like I had, started feeling chest pains. Started Googling, why am I feeling chest pains? I thought was I had it like... panic attacks? It was panic attacks. I, I, I called 911 a couple of times thinking I was having a heart attack. Um, did they show up or did they just they show up. through it? They show up. They take that serious because a lot of people don't know what they're having. Mm-hmm. Some people think they're having a panic attack and they're having a heart attack. So mm-hmm. me feeling that chest convulsion and bouncing, bouncing, I'm like, that's not even the how tightness. I feel on a normal. Yeah, yeah the tightness. Short and of just, breath. It's scary. And once that stuff happens... That's when the real panic set in because mm-hmm. your mind now has to think about Remember, your heart could feel away, but your mind has to receive that. Once your mind receives that, you're like, now you're all over the place. Your heart's Granted. still going. Yeah. They came a couple of times. And the last time I called them, uh, Paramex told me, she was like, you got to 
you got to know when it's coming on. You got to know when to to kind of fight that. Not even to get into the whole panic and stuff, but that, again, it comes from physical health and and then once you start to worry about yourself, worrying about yourself is going to drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. So my only advice, literally my only advice, find out what works for you in the moderation. Find out what works for you to keep you healthy. Make sure your doctor visits are great because... All we got is this one body that we live in. We don't get another chance. I mean, you may get another chance in like reincarnation or somewhere else, like in a mouse or something, right? Like, but the chances of you being in a physical form, form again is probably not going to happen, right? So take care of what you have. I had to learn it early on, but I'm glad I learned it. Like, I feel like if I was in the hospital at this age, I may not have went the right way because that means that Leading up to this point, I had that much damage up to this point, right? Like, so I'm glad it happened then. I'm glad. Like, I always, people, I always get kind of like caught up when I talk about it because it really is traumatic. Like, I'm strong and I put on this strong, not front because it's real, but in that moment, that October 7th, 2015, I was my most vulnerable. I was my most scared. I was, it was over. Were you open and honest about the fear that you were facing with those around you? No. I still had to put on this, yo, Vante is strong. Like, this ain't even affecting him. But some people, some people knew that it really, like, got me down, especially the people that I would see all the time and I didn't see for, like, the rest of that year pretty much. They knew something was up. Like, they knew, like, you know, Vante is not. He can't handle this. Why weren't you honest in the beginning? I didn't want to accept it. I don't want to be having a disability listed and, you know, when you start to check off certain things, like it becomes a lot. And at 22, I keep reiterating the 22 fact because I was young. Yeah. I didn't experience nothing in the world at that time. If you ask me, you know, college, you got school, you got, I didn't really do nothing. So to know that it could have been done when I didn't really do nothing, I can't really. And then how do my family and friends react to that? Like, what are they going to do for me? So me going to them and telling them my concerns and my, it's like. They're supposed to support you. They're supposed to, and they will. But what does the support really do for me? I really got to really tap into. For yourself my, my first, dogs. correct. Therapy is important. Um, for if you go through anything like this, definitely go to therapy because your friends and your family are going to tell you what you want to hear and what makes you feel good about yourself. The reassurance. Yeah, the therapist is going to tell you the real, just straight and I used to think going to therapy would make you crazy. Um, but that quite opposite. Quite opposite. Yeah. That actually I didn't go to therapy when that happened. More things happened in my life that made me go to therapy. But that was the beginning of it. When people say they have a five year plan. Yeah. My five years from twenty fifteen to twenty twenty started with me being in the hospital, almost losing my life. And then more significant family members that lost their lives. So it was like it starts from there. It really starts from there. Once you and that's why I'm like, I'm so outside I'm, I'm just doing everything i can because you never know when it's your time and can't take it for granted that's very true i did want to go back to the doctor point you yeah. mentioned he's from the virgin island yeah. was he your initial doctor before everything occurred no he wasn't before so when i when i got my diagnosis and when i went to the hospital they assigned they assigned you different type of doctors right because they got to make sure that they're specialized in mm-hmm. what's going on with you um so shout out to my old doctor uh Called Doctor B. She has a Russian lady, but she's cool. You know, she that was my doctor up until that point. But Doctor Smith, he's from the Virgin Islands. Um, and did you look for him directly, or were you just assigned to him randomly? No, I looked for him. I was assigned to somebody else, but the other person I was assigned to, they um, were they white? 
no, they were also black, but they were. It was something about them. I just, I just didn't feel comfortable. I felt like they were too judgmental. Mm. Like they would tell me what I needed to hear, but it was like coming from a place of like condescending tone. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't need that because I'm already going through a lot. Of it, you know, so I, I saw his doctor Smith. I actually asked somebody about him because I don't think Zogdoc was a thing at the time, or if it was, I just wasn't on it. I um, found him. He's been rocking since. He's a great guy. Like he literally keeps up to date with me probably every other week. You know, just texting. He, he invites me to like family barbecues and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't really, I haven't really been to any just because it's like, you don't I don't cross that, line. Don't cross that yeah. line. But he definitely keeps in touch with all of his patients though. Like I've found somebody else that goes to him and she's like, yeah, he just wants to make sure that people are Good. alive. Yeah. People stay. stay That's his good. job. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, he's not telling you to not do things. He's just telling you to make smart choices. Mm-hmm. Like you don't got to get like, trust me when it's birthdays, I'm eating cake. I'm eating birthday cake. You're not stopping me. But I'd know that on a normal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm not going to sit there and indulge in a carvel cake. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, he's definitely, and he also recommends me to specialists that deal with certain, you know, um, diseases and disabilities or just people that would talk you through health. And it's good to get a, a doctor that can experience what you experience. Not saying that he has, but that can do it. Like our rates of like high blood pressure and, all these type of diseases are higher than everybody else in the world, right? So, like, if you got somebody that can or has family that's been through it, they can really talk you through it from a, a standpoint that they know what's going on, not from a standpoint that they studied. I think that's important. When experience. you experience experience is a little bit more worthy than and just like the studies. Yeah, studies you got to have it too. But mm-hmm. once you know, like for me, I talked to people. I did a seminar before um, about diabetes, like in a Brooklyn Public Library. Oh, it was like ninety people there. I didn't even think it was going to be that many people there. They told me I was going to talk in front of 10 people and it was 90 freaking people. And I'm, I'm fresh from this experience telling everybody what's going on. But it was good to like let people know that it's not the end of the world too. Like there's some people that I know that got any type of diseases. Like if you can come back from it, if you're not, it other than cancer, other than cancer, I feel like if, because cancer is, is a whole different topic, right? But if you have anything else that you can manage, um, you can, can kind of work through, it. you can learn to live with, like, learn to live with diabetes is crazy. Like, I'm telling you, it's crazy. But I make work. Like, I'm about to be 30 in a year and a half. But uh, I'm good. I'm good. I, like I said, I, I feel great. If I compare how I feel now to 2015, you can see the difference. Like, I was, that week, I was tired. Bags under my, I don't get bags under my eyes. Like, I'm not that tired. But it was a lot. It was really a lot. I'm glad that I could speak about it. I haven't really spoken about it ever publicly. So it's good to it's good to let it out so people know like when I go hard or when I do certain things or when I act a certain way, it's, it's not because I want to do it. It's because like I know what it's like to not have life for a bit. Mm-hmm. So when you go through that, when you can take, hopefully you don't get to experience it. But if you <laughs> right. do, like, if let's you avoid do, it. or if you have any type of life altering experience that puts you in a a down place, but you still get to live, find your solace, find um find what makes you happy because that's life telling you. Whatever you were doing before, it was good. What Jada said is good, but it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You got to do things that fulfill you. And I may not be the richest, the most successful, but I am probably happiest I've ever been in my life. Honestly. I also love that you took the leap to, to finding a doctor that works for you. Because yeah. I feel like in our community, we're very afraid to find out but the sooner you find out and the sooner you take the steps to build that relationship and find someone you actually trust that works for you 
that can take yeah. you so much longer. And just for you to be like, did you have a fear to even look yeah. for a doctor? Yeah, no. Like, let me continuously find one and build this relationship. I think the big fear is that people just don't want to hear the reality. Like, I'm telling you, every time I go to the doc, I cross my fingers that I don't hear anything bad. Right. Even the smallest things, like it may be like, um, I don't know, lower your, your sodium intake by like 10 milligrams. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. That's the one less potato chip. I don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. So I try to keep it. Um, and, and don't cheat the system either, y'all. Like, don't don't go into appointments prepping it. Like, I'm going to be healthy this week. So when I go, my results read great. But I'm going to leave and go back to the BS that I was on. Yeah. Keep that. 21 days makes the habit. It took me, I was in the hospital for 13 days, eight days coming out. I was eating carrots on a daily. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a hard concept to grasp when you're going through it. But when you can talk about it and you can live through it, live with it, that's what it is. Well, I'm so happy to see you glowing and shining yes, and being you, an you. example of the importance of keeping your physical health in check and how that correlates with your mental health. I get back in the gym, though. I will say that. because um, do. Um, I was if I say I gotta say some other pictures that I was smaller than now. I don't want to be too small, but like I know I slack. This pandemic had me. Slack. I thought it was like we all do. The pandemic like, got a lot of us. Like my doctor was getting at me my last visit. Nothing crazy, but he was like, "Yeah, you, <laughs> you that pandemic, you, you did know. You, pandemic did you justice. It did, it did." But again, thank you for having me up here. I really appreciate you letting me to just even express this because again, six years later, I never really expressed this to anybody or in a public platform so for anybody that gets to watch this and see this and hear this take it a day at a time life will hit you with everything health personal when it hits you with the health take it serious personal you can work your ways around things with that health don't don't when there's knock on your door answer it because the next knock is not gonna be the knock that you want you know, that wake up call. See, when you're knocking, it's just kind of like, you know, get up, get ready, get ready for work. But that second knock is like, you late. <laughs> right. You late. Like, so, now you playing. What's yeah, that? but it works out if you wanted to. Now, this is my favorite question to ask guests that are in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Give me three songs that you listen to to get you in or out of any mood, no matter what the mood is. Yes. Uh, Rainy Days, Mary J. Blige, Ja Rule. Come on, T. Mary. Um... Southside, Lloyd and Ashanti, and Chest to Chest Locks, the Locks. That was a really good one. Yeah, I love when the rappers give me R and B songs. I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. come like, Yeah, I um, so I, I, my favorite genre is R and B. As much work as I do with rap artists, like R and B is my my number one love. So yeah, Southside, it's me and my best friend's favorite song. Um, I love her to death. So that's mm-hmm. when I think about. How she helps me through things. I listen to that. Um, Rainy days. I don't know if you see my Instagram. Um, everybody was late to my my last film, and so I was playing that just kind of like make me not go crazy. Um, and then chest to chest, the locks. I mean, Jada, I mean, my god, man, like that that, that first go verse. Go. I I rap that shit all day with no headphones on through the train station, like I'm a crazy man. But yeah, those are my those are my three. And then the gotta last- get an honorable mention though. Yeah, go for honorable it. mention is to um, what's the song I want to get the honorable mention to? Justin Timberlake mirrors. I used to love that song when I was in college. I, I like, like, I like that. yeah, that album, like that 2020 that. experience. But only the first part. The second part, we could done without. Yeah, that's like I hate when people do like the two albums. Yeah, but yeah, no. Shout out to JT for that. If people trying to kill him now, but shout out to JT. And the last final question mm-hmm. is: What advice would you give young men of color today? 
anybody, any advice? Any advice? Do life your way. You only get one. And once you become old enough to make your decisions, your own money, or just, you know, your day-to-day thought process is your own. You know, when we're kids, we get taken to school, we get taken here, we get... When you're able to do what you want, you find your niche, you find what makes you happy. It could be a hobby, it could be schooling, it could be anything. Do it your way. Because one thing we as black men face or men of color face is, is always somebody trying to tell us what to do. When we're the ones with the brain power, we're the ones with the real power. But we don't see that because this is not what we're brought up to see. We're brought up to see, okay, work for this person, work for that person. It's good to make this money working for that person or doing what this person wants you to do. And don't get me wrong, work your job. Get your nine to five, work your career. Get your experience. Have my experiences. We we all do, right? But whatever it is, literally whatever it is. If you hear me, if you play video games, start a gaming league. If you just do anything that makes you happy. I mean, I'm talking about money. Whatever makes you happy. All we have is our mental health. All we have is our reasons to smile. And if you have that, nobody can take that away from you. I love it. That was beautiful. That was thank a beautiful you. wrap up. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. This has been another episode of Black Men Cry 2. Be sure to tune in to the conversation. You can follow us at Black Men Cry 2. Two O's. And that's a wrap. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Later.